points are, what their struggles are, and how you could help alleviate some of those things. Because that's really where the foundation of the relationship is going to start is, let me help you. Let me do something that's going to move the yardsticks forward for you too, not just me. And you know, not expect anything in return, but expect to deliver something and deliver benefit. And then reciprocity kicks in and almost universally, I see that happen. All of a sudden, the phone started to ring. They're like, well, I heard you did this for such and such a rep. You know, can we do the same in my patch? Over the course of my life and career, I've discovered the power of consciously investing in mindset and personal development. It has been a true game changer for me in my personal and professional life. And I'm extremely excited that you decided to join us today to take one step forward in your own life. Most of my breakthroughs have come from one-on-one -on -one conversations. We created this show to bring you those unfiltered conversations each and every week. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Connected Mindset Live. I'm your host, Greg Tomchik. This is one of those one-on-one -on -one conversations that we're all going to get a lot of benefit from. Extremely excited that you decided to join us today, whether it's the morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you're joining us from. Thanks so much for taking the time, and we're going to make sure you walk away with some actionable tips, actionable strategies that you can implement into your business to make, overall make your life a little bit better. Um, that's what we're all here for. Before we dive in here with Rob, um, I want to mention something about my business that I started about two and a half years ago. You guys know I was a victim of a cyber attack. I know the pain that companies go through. I've been able to help multiple hundreds of companies through cyber attacks, as well as helping more companies prevent it. Um, and that's the side I like to stay on. So we just released a free assessment that we call a cyber exposure assessment, which either an individual or a business can take to really understand where they're cyber exposed and to give them those prioritized actions that they need to take next. So you can go to Valor, that's V-A-L-O-R-cybersecurity.com slash assessment to take that free assessment. And that's our thank you for joining the show today. So without further ado, we have Mr. Rob Fagan on the show with us today. Rob, how are you this morning? I'm great, Craig. Thanks for having me. I'm looking Absolutely. forward to our conversation. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So how we like to start the show, Rob, um, and, and this is kind of a one of those questions that really connects a little bit deeper um, than on the surface is what mission are you on and why? Sure. So for me, Greg, I was, um, I've been in the Microsoft partner ecosystem for 15 plus years. And at the very beginning, I really struggled with how to connect to Microsoft. I mean, they're a massive organization. There's thousands and thousands of people in the organization. There's hundreds of programs that uh, partners can leverage. So I really struggled with that. And what I found though, was once I figured it out and I sort of uncovered how to work with Microsoft, how to leverage the programs, my whole world changed. You know, I was at that time an individual contributor. I was, I was doing more deals with Microsoft. I was having a closer connection with Microsoft and leveraging more programs. And 
So I grew that business as an individual contributor and then started my own company and took those same principles and applied them to my business and saw that business grow until we were able to sell it. And so my, after I'd done that, I was like, what am I going to do next? Am I going to start another partner? Am I going to do it again? And uh, someone asked me to come in and coach them on how I did that. And so I just took a couple of weeks and shared sort of my story and my experience. And they got so much value out of that. And I was like, well, this is something that I should share at more at a bigger scale. And so that's what the mission I'm on now is really to share how to work with Microsoft, how to partner with Microsoft to get your message out there, to get your superpower out in front of more people and leverage Microsoft to do that. So that's really the sort of story behind my mission. Yeah, I love it. And I think one of the things that really create a lot of economic value and, and individual value is when we teach someone something that we wish we knew you know, three to five years ago. And that's exactly, you know, what you've done. And somebody asked you, hey, you know, you're three to five years ahead of me. Can you come back and coach me on that process? I think that's where a lot of companies and individuals excel in the market, um, which I think is extremely exciting. Um, before we dive into some of those kind of principles that you discovered mm -hmm. um, throughout that, you know, why do you think businesses need partnerships today? And, you know, what are the fundamentals of a, you know, a healthy partnership that folks at any stage of their business should look for? Yeah, I think that the sort of the top, I mean, I'll talk about a few things here, um, but the first thing I want to talk about is that people have to realize a partnership is just that. It's a partnership and it's a two-way street. So a lot of times people will come to me and say, I want leads from Microsoft or I want programs from Microsoft. And I'm like, well, you have to think about it as a two-way street. This is a little bit of give to get and, you know, you'll get if you give. So that's the first thing that I think is um, important to understand. But the next thing that I talk to partners about is their mindset when it comes to working with Microsoft. And so there's a number of different things that you ways you need to approach Microsoft. But one of the areas that I talk about is extreme ownership. And, uh, you know, there's a famous book by that title. And uh, I think that the principles really apply in partnership is that if you approach that relationship with that mindset of extreme ownership and you're there to serve that partner, to help that partner be successful. And in the process, my experience is that you'll be successful too. If you can deliver more value, be, you know, show up saying, I'm going to help and, uh, you know, find ways to help them be successful. That that's a big part of really getting started in a partnership is, you know, knowing that it's a two way street, and coming into it saying, I'm going to invest in this. It's not just me wanting to get something out of it, but me wanting to invest in that partnership. I think that's really, if you don't start with that mindset and that approach, you know, it's going to be really hard to be successful in partnering. Yeah, I love that concept of extreme ownership. Um, I think a lot of people, when they put their business hat on or their business pants, whichever one you want to say, they, they, they just go to, I want the leads, I need the money to invest back in my business. And it's that very shallow type relationship. And there's so many similarities between relationships in our personal lives and relationships in business. And you just hit on a lot of those key points, which is, you know, a two-way street. It's a win-win. Um, it's transparent. It's both people taking ownership and finding that mutual benefit where they meet together. Um, I had an early mentor, you know, before I even knew what the word sales meant or partnerships, and they said, you know, 
how would you act at a, you know, at a bar or at a restaurant when you meet somebody new? You wouldn't initially go up and ask them, you know, do you, do you want to leave together or do you want to, you know, go on the next date immediately? You have to find a way to create mutual benefit. I think it's the same in business, but people commonly just they get into this mindset of like it's business. It's all about money. And I think that's where people go wrong, where um, the partner or the other company can can feel and smell that. Um, and it, it sends them in a different direction. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's a great analogy. And uh, I love that because you you really, when you meet somebody new, and, and I'll pick on Microsoft here because that's my sort of most familiar place. But if you're going to, if you want leads from Microsoft you, and you think, oh, I'll just call a seller up from Microsoft and they'll just hand me a bunch of leads. It's like, no, that's really not how that's going to work. And to your point, you know, it's, you're not just going to walk up to somebody and say, hey, let's go on a date tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You need to build that rapport. You need to build that relationship. And it's no different in the business world. When you're calling somebody from Microsoft, you've got to understand what their pain points are, what their struggles are, and how you could help alleviate some of those things. Because that's really where the foundation of the relationship is going to start is, let me help you. Let me do something that's going to move the yardsticks forward for you too, not just me. And you know, not expect anything in return, but expect to deliver something and deliver benefit and then reciprocity kicks in and almost universally i see that happen mm -hmm. absolutely yeah it's it's definitely what you put out into the world you get back and when you right. do that that hard work to you know we talk a lot about cultivating a con connected mindset you have to plant seeds as opposed to think that the plant is going to grow from right. one conversation and i think that's extremely important um, one of the things I'm curious about, I know the audience is curious about it, is is how have these channel partnerships evolved over the year? It's it's it seems like somewhat of a new term, but I you know I think probably thinking back to Ford when it first started, they probably had the partnerships they needed to mm -hmm. elevate them through the the hard times or the extreme growth times. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of change going on in the market today, and um, you know the way buyers procure stuff or companies are procuring services or products is changing. We're seeing you know, the, the rise of marketplaces where people are going to a marketplace and, and doing a lot of the research upfront. So the traditional model of a salesperson you know, coming in and educating, that's becoming more challenging because the information is available. And if you just think about the, the trend in AI and you can just reach out and ask a, an AI bot to uh, you know, share all the information you need about a particular product or service or company. And so we really need to work closely with our partners and find a way to add value throughout the sort of purchasing ecosystem. And I think that that's going to be one of the biggest shifts we see over the uh, the next few years is the way people procure is going to change and how we add value as sellers and as manufacturers is going to change. So we really need to stay on top of that and we really need to partner with our partners to go along on that journey. So I think there's a lot of change happening and I think it's going to be a fun ride over the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely is. And a lot, lot of changes taking place. We're definitely seeing that in the cybersecurity space. And, you know, one of the things that I really struggled with early on in my business career is, is this idea of having to go directly to the customer or having to market mm -hmm. directly to the customer. And my business didn't really start to grow until I asked myself the question, who's already trusted and working with the clients that I want to work with? And I think 
you know, as we know, you know, trust is fundamental in any yeah. relationship. And um, it's hard to build that trust from scratch as a small company trying to get off the ground. And I think more, you know, smaller, mid-sized companies need to use these partnerships to elevate them, not just revenue wise, but also opportunity wise to be able to expand capabilities, to see and ask those next level questions to their customers to allow them to stay a step ahead in the market. Um, I'm curious when you start when you talk about companies like Microsoft. Obviously, they have people knocking on their door, you know, each yeah. and every day. And this may lead into the principles you identified, you know, early on in that transition from selling a company to your own company. Um, but you know, what are some of the ways, you know, as opposed, you know. It, besides just going to them and saying, I know I can create value within your model. What are yeah. some of the ways that companies can stick out from everybody else that's knocking on their door saying, we want to be, you know, your gold package partner or yeah. you know, your, your best, the best partner in your ecosystem. Yeah, no, I, and I'll get to that, but I, I wanted to touch on a point you made there, Greg, which is the, you know, utilizing or leveraging a partner like Microsoft who is already in your customers. I mean, if you think about Microsoft, they're touching almost every business on the planet. You know, in some way, shape, or form, they're working on building trust with your customers or your potential customers. So I think that's one of the real powerful tools is to leverage a partner in that trust relationship with a customer. Because to your point, as a small business, you know, it's hard to break into a customer and to establish that trust. So having being Partnering with a company like Microsoft or any other large partner that's built trust is a is really an important tool in your toolkit to uh, to get more opportunities in your door as a business owner. So that's something I just wanted to point out is that I think yeah. that's a very important point uh, in leveraging that. But let's talk about sort of the second half of your question now is how do you stand out? So in the Microsoft ecosystem, there is four hundred thousand partners approximately. So it's not a small ecosystem and those partners cross all kinds of different verticals. So there's lots of cybersecurity partners. There's lots of dynamics or uh, ERP partners. There's lots of different modern work type partners. So uh, 400,000 partners, you have to differentiate yourself over and above that giant ecosystem. So this is one of the things that, you know, you alluded to is that it's one of the realizations I had you know, over my career. And so now I broke that into really four components of working with Microsoft. And that's what we'll get into now, if that works for you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go for it. I think this is uh, this is going to be a lot of value packed in these principles. And I think people should definitely take out their notebooks. Yeah, absolutely. Because this is, and the first one I'm going to start with is I refer to it as messaging, but it's really at the heart of it. What it is, is understanding what your superpower is. So, if you can understand what your thing is that you can do better than anyone else, the thing that you'll go toe to toe with any partner, you'll go toe to toe with the largest partners on the planet. You'll go toe to toe with partners just like yourself. And you feel like you're going to win no matter what, because that is your superpower. And you need to be able to convey that to Microsoft. And one of the challenges I see in this sort of first phase is that partners say, well, we do everything. You know, we can do we can do all the modern work stuff. We can do all the security stuff. We can do all the Dynamics 365 stuff. And it's just you lose so much credibility so quickly because 
you know, as we all know, there's just millions of things that you can be great at or you want to be great at, but there's really only a couple that you can be great at, that you'll go toe to toe with anybody. And so, you know, you and I spoke uh, just before we came on and, you know, your superpower is in understanding the policies and the procedures that help companies align with regulations like CMMC. That's your superpower. And you know that. And if you can articulate that with that level of passion, that's you know, that comes across loud and clear to Microsoft that you know what you're great at. It also really helps Microsoft say what I call have that Rolodex moment, like, oh, my goodness, I know who I should introduce you to. Like, it, it just makes that so much easier versus, oh, yeah, I do cybersecurity. Yeah. Right. Like, well, OK, you know, that's a big, broad brush right there. Mm -hmm. So that first sort of phase or that first principle is all about understanding your superpower and being able to message that clearly. So that's the first thing that I spend a lot of time helping partners understand is what is that? How do you articulate that? Um, and then the, the next principle I talk about, which is selling with Microsoft. And this is the this is the place that everybody wants to start. They're all like, just who should I talk to at Microsoft? Give me the names mm -hmm. you know, and I'll go get the leads. And I'm like, well, that's not quite how this is going to work. I mean, inside of Microsoft, there's roughly depending on who you listen to, 35,000 quota carrying um, sellers. So you know, you're, no one's calling 35,000 people. <laughs> and uh, when you do actually find the people that would align with your superpower, you have to understand how they work. Microsoft takes a customer on a very specific journey and they want you to understand what that journey looks like and how you can help them move the customer through that journey. And that's really important to understand that, you know, and it's also under, important to understand that Microsoft is broken up into all kinds of different selling units, both federal government, uh, manufacturing, healthcare, defense, industrial base type customers, uh, small to medium corporate customers, you know, extra small business customers. There's just dozens of different ways that Microsoft looks at the, uh, at the market at large and, you need to understand where you fit in that to help you align with how to sell with Microsoft or who to sell with more accurately inside of Microsoft. So, and that's a big, that's a big task to undertake. And even more challenging is that every June is Microsoft's fiscal year, year end, and people move around. So, you know, you can imagine in a company with hundreds of thousands of employees that you know, people are, uh, it's a very dynamic organization. So understanding the types of people you work with is really important too. So does that make sense? Yeah, I love how you mentioned selling with. It's not selling to or you're not selling Microsoft. You're selling with them. And it's that, I think a lot of that language sometimes gets thrown out because it's like, you know, we're a reseller of Microsoft. And, you know, that's just yeah. a part of our product offering as opposed to selling in partnership with you know, this superpower who, um, you know, can really help get you into markets as well. And you help get them into markets and expand, you know, the, the great products and services that they have. I almost think about the messaging aspect as a utility player in baseball. I was a baseball mm -hmm. player. So, you know, what initially everybody wants to play every position when you're in T-ball and you kind of grow up and you still have those players who are playing all the positions. Yeah. But you realize at a point in time, they kind of level out because they're they're trying to become an expert at everything. You know, we're an expert in cybersecurity and, you know, 
at one at one point in time, that was probably something you could say, and somebody would just say, "Okay, we need cybersecurity." But with today, it being understood as a business competency that these companies need, and there's big departments that are built out with, you know, multiple different parts of the program having ownership with different people and different departments of it. Um, it's kind of broken out where you can't just say we do cybersecurity anymore. It's got to be we do you know, Microsoft security implementations, or we do policies, procedures, we do, right. you know, penetration testing, vulnerability scanning. And I think partners like this and, and many in the upper market, you know, they really can smell that lack of um, specificity mm-hmm. and it, it helps, it makes it harder for them to make a decision to partner with you. And if you're making it hard for them, you know, they're going to be looking for the easy button somewhere else, uh, which is something we all look for. So, Right. I mean, I love that. And that's a, the analogy of the easy button is so spot on. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're difficult to understand or be work with, mm-hmm. you know, as I said, the Microsoft's got 399,000 other partners they can go and check out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you have to be really cognizant and really aware of how you're showing up. And, you know, you are the easy button. You do understand where you're, you specialize, you know, and I love the analogy of the baseball players and being, you know, moving through the field at first, but then you start to see that, oh, this is a position I could become amazing at. Like I can become a gold glove here, or I can be, you know, it's really understanding where you are amazing or where your business is, that superpower is so critical. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the messaging aspect starting there because I think a lot of companies, they rush to their their service offering as opposed to why they're doing what they're doing and how that fits and then messaging it that way. And then maybe Microsoft comes back and says, hey, we'd love for you to specialize in this because you've messaged your passion areas, you know, in the right the right fashion. I think people think they have to have it all figured out, but these conversations help them learn as well. And that's the mutual thing where if a company is very innovative, and they bring something to Microsoft where they say, we don't really have a partner that specializes in that. Let us help you kind of tailor it so that you can better sell it with us into the markets we know need this. Um, I think there's a lot lot of benefit there that helps in that second principle sell with the partner and and they can really, you know, to some extent, grow your business. Like they could really help elevate your business from, you know, one person to five people to a hundred people and um, I think those partnerships are really where the sparks start to fly and then the the fire really gets started for something special that could take place in the market. Absolutely. I mean, you think about Microsoft and their salespeople, each salesperson at Microsoft in, let's pick on the small to medium corporate business, they have 100 to 150 accounts each. There's no way they possibly can touch all of those customers by themselves. So they have to scale through partners. And when they find those partners that can solve a unique business issue or a business problem, you gotta, you gotta know that they can change, as you said, they can change the trajectory of your business. They literally can line up customers for you if you are very clear and they know where to line you up. You know, it is possible to, to really scale your business with Microsoft, but you really have businesses and what you're great at. And you have to be that easy button, you know, like. You have to own the process, soup to nuts for them. And that becomes, you know, that type of partner becomes the easy button that they just want to rinse and repeat on. Absolutely. Before we get to the the back half of the four principles, 
What do you think people struggle with most in, in, you know, in your experience when it comes to messaging and then, you know, getting to the point where you're selling with the partner? Like, obviously, you know, the, I think it, it, it says it pretty straightforward, but are there any specific pain points that people face in those two steps or principles? Because I think that's really where kind of feet meet the road. Yeah. Those two steps. And then they can, you know, at least start to get a little bit of traction, but where do probably 90, 85% of these companies kind of fall to the wayside and really struggle to get those, you know, in clear and, and kind of get those things rolling. Yeah. And, and I can tell you almost universally, what I hear is that if I say that I'm going to miss out on all these other opportunities, mm -hmm. they feel like niching down and being very clear on the one or two things that they're amazing at is going to preclude them from ever getting any other business. And I'm like, that's not how this game works. This is not a zero sum game. I mean, you, what Microsoft wants to know is where they can quickly plug you in because they're not just going to plug you in and say, Oh, just figure it out, do whatever, you know, they want to know where you fit. And if you can articulate that very quickly and be a hundred percent confident in that, you know, Microsoft is not just going to say, oh, well, you just go figure out. They're going to want to know where they're plugging you in. They're going to want to know what you're great at. And it's not going to be at the expense of all the other things you could do for that customer. You know, once you meet a customer and you've developed a relationship, you absolutely, I tell partners, you can absolutely share the other things you do. But what you don't want to lose sight of is that you were partnering with Microsoft and you're selling with Microsoft on this one business issue that Microsoft needs to solve for that customer. They're bringing you in for a very specific reason to move one issue or one product or one part of the platform forward. And that's what they're looking for from the partner, not at the exclusion of everything else, but just at knowing you're going to do a great job and you're going to serve that customer incredibly well during your, uh, your time with that customer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think it, it goes back to the sayings and sometimes I get cliche to some extent, but riches are in the niches. And yeah. you know, I think a lot, a lot of people talk about that, but I think businesses, it's kind of, they have a, you know, a little, I think Michael Gerber calls it a entrepreneurial seizure, but they're kind of seizing <laughs> through the first couple of years. And they're like, we have to, we have to do everything for everybody so that we can right. you know, figure it out. And, and they know that they need to niche down in order to be known for something in the market. Um, but it's, it's that it's harder, it's kind of harder said than, or harder done than said. Um, and I think a lot of people, they don't let it kind of breathe long enough that niche to be able to see people say, oh, you know, Greg is known for this or Rob, you're not, you're known for this. And, yeah. and, and I know where to go when I need that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I know personally how hard it is because when I started my last company as a Microsoft partner. I fell into that trap. I said, you know, I'm a modern work partner. I can do anything. And it's such a massive stack of products that it was like, you know, I, I sort of floundered and I, I was like, oh my goodness, I have to remind myself of my own principles that mm -hmm. I have to get very specific on what my superpower was. And we did, we got very specific on a, a just a narrow set of Microsoft products. And when we did that, the whole world changed for our company. All of a sudden, we were getting meetings with Microsoft. We were getting introductions from Microsoft because Microsoft said, hey, this is what we need. We need to solve this problem. And if you're willing to help us on that, you know, let's go. And so it was, you know, I personally know how easy it is to fall into the trap of wanting to 
be this partner that does everything. And it's, it sounds alluring to be like, oh, I can do all these projects. But once you get really clear on what you do, yeah, there's no shortage of work on even the most niche products inside of the Microsoft stack. So mm -hmm. that's my, you know, my big takeaway for partners now is really niche down, know what you're great at, not at the expense of everything else, but to communicate with Microsoft. Yeah. How would you contextualize or describe that feeling once you make that decision and then they bring you that, you know, opportunity to say, you know, you trust us because of our portfolio. You know, we now trust you with this piece of our portfolio. We want to see you grow. I think that's the wish of every business owner to get to that point of it's now working. Yeah, and, and it's a scary change. I tell you, I mean, I know firsthand, as I said, I went through it. And when I said, no, here's, here's our new messaging. Here's what we're going to Microsoft. And it's all things at that time, it was called enterprise mobility and security, all mm -hmm. things this. And just call us for that. And it was scary because I'm like, don't bother calling me for Microsoft Teams or don't bother calling me for SharePoint. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm not, I don't know. I just, I got to make payroll. I got all these things I got to do. But once Microsoft heard the message and we proved ourselves on the first couple uh, opportunities, mm -hmm. all of a sudden the phone started to ring. They're like, well, I heard you did this for such and such a rep. You know, can we do the same in my patch? And then you know it wasn't overnight but you know a few months into it all of a sudden the first one came in then the third one you know and by a year later that was our main go-to-market strategy was really to just share the wins that we had for microsoft with other microsoft sellers um, and be clear on what we're great at and what we want to help them with mm -hmm. so it is a it's a Parallel, parallel journey, just the nerves are crazy, but once you get it and once you really buy into it and you believe it, um, you know, there is no stopping a partner that does that. Yeah, I feel like it's almost like a weight lifted off your shoulders of all the all the pressure that we get as business owners when we're going through it and trying to navigate the market and you get little wins here, little wins there. But when you get that, you know, the big win or the big, you know, you beat that big team throughout the season you're like everything that we've done up to this point has led us yeah. to this big win i think it's it's just kind of like freeing of this is what business is supposed to be and you know i think what you're doing that's so powerful is helping more people get there in that ecosystem when they know that's what they need to do but they really need you know these principles in order to get there yeah yeah for incredible sure. Yeah, so let's um so so we've talked a little bit about messaging. I think everybody, you know, should go back and start there. Whether, you know, any partnership that they want to strike, I think it starts with that messaging and then really focusing on the with, you know, doing things with those partners, I think is yeah, is critical. Where where does that lead folks um, next once they have those pieces in place? Yeah. So one and two, the one is the messaging, two was the selling with. Three is more tactical, and this is the less fun part of working with Microsoft, but as you can imagine, they're a big company and they have a fair bit of bureaucracy. So there's um, there's a couple platforms that partners really need to be familiar with when you work with Microsoft. And the main one is Microsoft Partner Center. And you have to understand how to work with Microsoft through Partner Center, as well as with the field team. Because Microsoft's Field sellers, they're working with you one-on-one -on -one individually on individual opportunities. Partner Center is all about sharing with Microsoft the impact you're making at scale. So what are we doing across all of our business? 
How are we working with you? What products are we deploying for you, Microsoft? What leads are we sharing with you? What leads are you sharing with us? So very tactical, but also very important because it's how Microsoft measures you. It's how Microsoft decides who gets funding and who doesn't. You know, it's how Microsoft identifies where you play, which what they refer to as a solution designation are you in, or what type of partner are you? Are you an independent software vendor or are you a uh, systems integrator? So they look at all these different things. So phase three, much less fun to talk about and people really are like, oh, I don't wanna do that, but you have to. Hmm. You have to really leverage Microsoft Partner Center so that Microsoft as a corporation understands what you're doing and where you fit in there overall ecosystem. So that's number three. Mm -hmm. And then number four is all about leveraging funding opportunities and what Microsoft refers to as their co-selling program. So you have to do a certain, you have to do a set of activities and, and align your products with how Microsoft has aligned their um, platform. And if you do that well, then you have an opportunity to what is called co-sell with Microsoft. And that just says that Microsoft will inset their own sales team to help you sell your product or your service. So, and that's the sort of the holy grail of where you get to in terms of the partnership is that you're co-sell ready, you have a transactable offer in Microsoft's marketplace, all these different components. But, um, you know, that's that's the running part of the crawl, walk, run. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that co-selling and that's where I've seen it work best, at least in our business with, you know, co-selling with IT managed service providers who mm -hmm. don't do what we do, but have the, you know, have the end to say, this is our preferred vendor. We're incentivized to now, you know, think of them more frequently. And when we think yeah. of them, they, it, it pops up in conversation. And um, I think that's critical. I want to go back a little bit to the tactical piece, because I think the tactical sure. stuff's very important, even though it's, you know, specific to Microsoft or specific to the vendor. Yeah. I think companies have a lot to learn from these portals that, you know, these larger, more developed companies have put together. And, and it's kind of a knowledge management base where, you know, they're putting the systems and the metrics and things that they know work to go back to their leadership team to make decisions. And I think a lot of companies can take those and implement them into their own business potentially, or really learn a lot from these systems. I think about it as, you know, Microsoft's one company and obviously they have multiple subsidiaries and things, but it's kind of like helping a franchise become a franchise of your business. It's right. integrating the system that runs the company and then the people operate the system. Um, and I think, uh, you know, not, not enough companies that I see have the business systems not just from the business system technology side, but the processes, the procedures yeah. that really help to scale. And any company I've seen that's, you know, done massive things in markets and, you know, kind of pushed competitors to the side, they usually race past them because they've been able to see that kind of DNA of, of a process and what it looks like to run perfectly. And they've been able to repeat it. And then you're, you're not as dependent on, you know, that knowledge worker, that knowledge person um, you're dependent on people who are passionate about it and really want to continue to to build it up and improve it. Um, yeah. I th so I think that tactical piece is so important for people to really understand and then, you know, leverage when they get into these partnerships. You know, you can ask vendors, maybe it's not Microsoft, but, you know, another vendor that makes sense in their market. You know, do you have some type of knowledge base that a partner like us could leverage? 
to learn more so we're not taking up your time and leveraging the time you've already put in. And that could give you potentially the upper hand because most people probably don't ask that question. It's such a great point, Greg. I mean, Microsoft spends millions of dollars, you know, developing processes, developing content around processes and in teaching their own staff these processes and, and ingraining that in how they do work. And they don't hide any of that. They share all, I mean, there is so much information on in Partner Center for Microsoft partners to leverage. I mean, they'll run, they'll put together entire marketing campaigns for you and they'll follow a process that they know, they've studied these customer journeys. They know how a customer buys. And if you'll adopt or, or leverage what they put out there, it can really streamline your own business. And you know, each business has to understand their own KPIs and, and what metrics make sense for them. But if you take a page out of the Microsoft playbook or their sales playbook, I mean, it's not hard to figure out what they're doing and how they're doing it and how they're successful and start to adopt those principles and practices in your own business you know, maybe not exactly like Microsoft, but, mm -hmm. you know, aligned with Microsoft so that you're going on that same journey with them. You understand what they're, what's required of them, which is a big, it's something that people underestimate is that sellers inside of Microsoft, they have metrics they have to meet. They are measured probably more frequently than partners in terms of, you know, what, how many meetings are they holding? How many um, events have they put together? all these different metrics. And if you can help them achieve some of their metrics along the way, you know, that just goes to being even more of an easy button for them. So mm -hmm. uh, really leveraging partner center is critical, uh, taking information from it and, and ingraining that into your business. You know, that just, it shortens your sales cycles. It shortens your time to efficiency and, and there's so many benefits. Absolutely. Yeah. My mind goes to, we all like somebody helping us in order to help them. Um, yeah. I think it was Zig Ziglar said something of that nature where, you know, if you, if you stop focusing on getting things and you really help somebody, you know, get where they want to go, you know, you typically get where you want to go. I think that's, that's right at the core of what you're describing is, you, you know, using the partner center, you know, finding ways through messaging, through selling with them, you're, you're finding a way to make it easier for them to help you. And if, you know, right. if you're helping them in the process and making it extremely easy for them to say, this is my partner here. And it's, you know, it's just an introduction from a client I'm already working with. I mean, it's, it's kind of that, you know, I think a lot of people talk about it, but the no brainer, because right. it just makes so much sense in the human brain to say, I'm going to go for the easier hunt because if the animal's standing there and it's, it's frozen, I can go ahead and take it down. So, right. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's incredible. I think that's extremely clear. And then the the co selling piece. I mean, that's obviously something for companies to strive for in any relationship that they have, where you're now going after milestones, objectives, and strategic goals together, and you're yeah. doing it in a collaborative way, where it's no longer you selling Microsoft on why you need to be there. It's right. them actually going in the market and selling the client on why you need, you know, your, why, why, yeah, they, why they need your stuff. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, that's the, that is the place that, you know, every party, every partner wants to get to, mm -hmm. but it's a journey and, you know, you have to be starting with the messaging. You have to be clear with yourself, you know, what you're, what you're great at, what you want to be known for. 
You have to understand who you can help inside of Microsoft. With 35,000 people, you can't help everybody. So find the people you can help. Uh, and then leverage Partner Center to check all the boxes for Microsoft. Uh, and then that gets you set up for that you know, holy grail of uh, co-selling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's actually one of the first times I've come across that, that kind of co-selling model. Obviously, I've been a part of it in the past, but kind of evolving the partnership to that point and not rushing to, hey, I want you to sell my solution. Here it is. Like, go sell it. And, <laughs> right. and we'll, we'll talk when you have a sale. Yeah. So, so I think that's a, that's a critical aspect is you got to kind of crawl, walk, run, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and I, I put your website in the chat here. So folks should definitely reach out um, if they're interested in, in kind of walking through this process with you. Um, I think nobody knows things better um, than folks who have actually gone through it and they can kind of help you break down barriers. I mean, that's what any valuable business does and, and any um, valuable individual is help you get to where you want to go, which every company probably wants to get to co-selling. Um, yeah. But you have to kind of walk through the process and make sure as obstacles and barriers come up, which they're going to throughout the process, so they have somebody to consult. Um, so I definitely recommend folks um, reaching out and you have your partner score uh, workbook and assessment that folks can take, which I think yeah. is a great resource. Um, where does that plug into the process you take folks through? Is that the first step? Is that yeah. something you would say do before reaching out? Yeah, that's really the first step to help you understand where you think where the most benefit lies for you and your partner organization, because some partners, they understand how to leverage partner center, but really don't know who to connect with, or some partners don't really aren't clear on what their superpower is and, and want to jump right to co-sell. So it really just gives you some guidance on questions you can ask yourself and sort of uh, give yourself a little bit of hard truth. So mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of value there. And I think folks can apply this to any partnership that they're considering. Um, there's a lot of clues to mm -hmm. success throughout this process that obviously you've made it specific to Microsoft, but I think anybody running a business or that is internal to a business that's trying to help it grow can use these principles to um, elevate themselves, elevate the business. And that's a win-win um, at the end of the day um, as they kind of navigate their, their daily uh, activities. So, Absolutely. A lot, lot of value there. Um, definitely want to give folks access to um, those those options here. Um, but kind of pivoting a little bit on the, you know, the, the biggest things you've learned kind of throughout your days in business and obviously selling a company. And, um, you know, what are some uh, common themes that come up when you look back and say, you know, wow, I've been in and out of a lot of places, um, a couple key lessons that you've learned uh, yeah, business-wise I mean, or personal. There is so many. <laughs> but, um, on the business side of it is process matters. Having good process really matters. You know, it matters for uh, scalability and repeatability. And to your point, I think you talked about earlier is you don't have to find that sort of most top senior person with all the knowledge, if you've got a good process in place, you can find good people that can execute process really well. That is, uh, you know, that is a superpower in terms of building and scaling a business. When you realize how powerful process can be and how important it is to align um, 
your people around those processes and to improve those processes and to, you know, they don't need to be giant improvements every day. They, but if you get one or 2% improvements over a year or over a month or over a quarter, it just keeps getting better and better and more efficient. And that really, that can drive some amazing scale in terms of your business uh, and repeatability. So, and predictability. So those are, uh, that's a big lesson in terms of business. And then personally for me, it's all about just making myself a little better reading. I'm an yeah. avid reader. I love to really dive into uh, new books and new process. Just learn for me. That's every time I find something new or I have a new conversation like this, you know, there's always so many takeaways that I can uh, do. And, and I, I encourage people to journal about it too. I just write it down because a lot of times we're getting so much information coming at us so many different ways that just take a minute and write down some of the best ideas you've gotten. You'll be surprised at how much information you accumulate. And so for me, those are two lessons learned over the, the my career. Yeah. Heck, heck of a lot of value there. I think on the process side, you know, one of the things I ask businesses when I go into obviously with a you know, protective mindset is, you know, what playbook runs this business? Because I was an athlete. Yeah. So I think about the playbook and oftentimes, you know, I'd say 70% of companies don't have a playbook or processes they run off. They're just like, you know, we found success in this market and it works and yeah. making a couple million dollars a year. We got a good payroll and making some profit. And you just you just see that if there's not a playbook, you know, everybody is, is a little confused on what's next. And I think that you know, it's so critical in sports, but, you know, I see it in business every day and I try to be conscious of that too, you know, and when new people come in, you know, ask them if you don't have the playbook or processes, Hey, I'd love to see what you learned throughout this process. If you could document it, you know, as we walk you through it, as you have different conversations and it's a great opportunity where you might not have to hire that consulting company at, you know, 500 an hour to come in and, and document all your stuff. And, I think companies yeah. should do that from the beginning. I that's one of the biggest recommendations when somebody says, "Hey, I want to start a company. You know, what should I do?" You know, think about obviously your messaging and you know start to document those processes and how it could play out, and then you adjust them as you go forward. But I think the hardest the hardest step in that process is putting pen to paper and actually doing it. Yeah, um, and that goes back to your you know kind of you know leaders are are our readers and kind of learning is a key capacity to any, you know, development as an individual, as a professional. Um, and then, you know, writing things down, I think, um, I have a remarkable tablet here and, uh, um, yeah. trying to get this into the school system here locally where every student has one, because, you know, I, I look at myself as, as an athlete in business, but a student of life. And yeah. if, if I am trying to depend on my computer, to take down notes when I'm on a walk or when I'm driving down the road, you know, oftentimes I don't really have my computer or I don't want to be, you know, driving and texting. So I can, you know, kind of think about the idea. I get to a stoplight, I can write it down in my, in my notebook. And it's kind of my knowledge base where before I started writing things down, you know, I realized that I would forget them, you know, an hour later and I'd be like, man, yeah. I wish I would have remembered that. <laughs> right. Oh, it's, it's such a frustrating feeling like, oh, I had this great thought and it's gone. I'm like, oh my goodness. So yeah, I can appreciate that. Mm -hmm. What, um, any, any books you would recommend for folks, you know, at any, any pro, uh, stage process in the journey that really have stuck out to you throughout, throughout your days? Yeah, well, when it comes to process, I think the book uh, James Clare by Atom or Atomic Habits by yeah. James Clare, I think that 
it just boils down so simply like look this isn't a massive rewrite this is just hmm. little incremental improvements and if you can get started with something like that you know that's a that is one of those books that can help you in any part of your life i mean with your business personally professionally you know those are the kind of things that i i would recommend people at any place in their career journey or personal journey would uh, take some time and read Absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a great one. He was actually a baseball player as well, uh, James Clear. And um, when he got out, he was he was very lost and he realized that how important the habits were and how they made his life the situation that he was in at that time. And he was like, I need to get out of this. You know, what do I need to do here? And he was basically like, I need to I need to blow up my habits to be so impactful on my life where they're, you know, they're atomic for where I want to go because he was a growth individual and growth driven person as an athlete, but didn't know what to do professionally. And he realized that, you know, these habits were making people around him and a lot of them, a lot of people were doing it unconsciously. Um, so it's such a great, powerful book. And he's on all kinds of podcasts and things. Maybe we'll have him on the Connected Mindset Live one day. Yeah, that'd and, be great. Um, and chat about it here. Uh, but that's that's a great recommendation for folks to check out. Rob, it's been an excellent conversation. Uh, definitely want to have you on again in the future as your business continues to develop and you continue to learn new things. Um, I love that trait just to continue to learn and realize that we're, we're not at the end of the journey when it comes to our uh, personal professional development. Um, one of the ways we like to close out the show is, and this show is all about, you know, connecting with the world around you a little bit better um, than the, the day, the hour before. Um, what does being connected mean to you, um, you know, today, whether that's in your personal or your business life? For me, it's, it's slowing down and listening. You know, that's, that's something that, um, you know, I was always moving fast, trying to get to the next thing. And, and now, you know, as I get a little older and a little more mature, it's like, okay, let me slow down and listen. Let me really hear what that other person is saying and make sure I understand what they're saying to me, how they're saying, how they're feeling. So for me, that's really what uh, being connected means is just slowing down and, and taking it all in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. It's kind of the the think slow and then act fast. I think about somebody like, you know, you're, you're in a building and you're like, you're kind of like thinking slow. You're, you know, you're, you're navigating the day and really like feeling the environment that's, that's around you, the energy, because a lot of things that are really taking place are, deeper than the words that people are saying. And if you don't recognize that, you know, you're missing a key point. And then when you get out the door, maybe you start running in whatever direction you're going to put that on the map. But um, if you're thinking really fast and then you get out the door, that run's going to be slow because you're going to be very, you know, you're going to be tired out um, and you're yeah, not going to have the energy sure. to do it. Excellent. Well, Rob, thanks so much for sharing your insights and joining the Connected Mindset Live. I'm definitely looking forward to continuing the conversation and I hope you have a great Friday ahead. Thanks a lot. This has been great. I appreciate the time.